What's up, everyone? You are listening to another episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I am your host, Dennis Ackman. I was hoping to have this podcast up a lot sooner, but with Thanksgiving and being busy, I dropped the ball a little bit. For this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sandy Stevens. I want to give a big shout out to Trent Ferris for setting up the opportunity for me and finding a time and space for us to talk the night before the Lancer Smith kicked off. Unfortunately, there was about five minutes worth of conversation about Alaska that became inaudible for whatever reason that I had to cut, so I apologize for that. I was still able to get a solid podcast out of the audio that was audible. For those who don't know, Sandy Stevens is a Hall of Fame announcer in the sport of wrestling. Her accolades go on and on. We talk about how she got started announcing in our sport. We talk about how she became uh, to announce the Lancer Smith tournament, as well as her initial thoughts on Alaska. We talk about her thoughts on girls wrestling, some of her pet peeves as an announcer, and much more. So without any more delay, here's that podcast with Sandy Stevens. All right, so I'm sitting here with Sandy Stevens, also known as the voice of wrestling. Sandy has a long list of accomplishments and accolades. I'm just going to rattle off a few. Um, you have been inducted to the Midlands Hall of Fame, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Iowa Wrestling Hall of Fame. You were the USA Wrestling Woman of the Year. You announced the 1984 and 1996 Olympic Games. You're the lead announcer for Junior Freestyle and Greco Nationals. You also announced the NCAA D1 Championships for many, many years, as well as being the first certified female ref and so much more. Um, we're going to start all the way back and just ask you when and how did you get involved with wrestling? The shortest answer to that is that I fell in love with a wrestler. Okay. My late husband and I started dating when we were 15, and that happened to be the year he went out for wrestling for the first time. And because I was interested in him, I figured I'd better learn about what he was interested in and as I did, I fell in love with the sport and with the people involved in it. At the same time, I was falling in love with him. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so as far as announcing then, how did, how did that come about? Like, when did you get uh, – that was just an opportunity that was offered to you or – No. Okay. <laughs> um, it wasn't really an opportunity that was offered. It's like help. <laughs> okay. That kind of thing. Uh, we were hosting – at the high school in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where my husband was the head wrestling coach. We were hosting um, uh, our first quadrangular, our first our first tournament of any sort. It was okay. a brand new high school. Gotcha. So it was the first year of the school. It, this was the first school named for John F. Kennedy after his assassination. Oh, cool. And, my husband came home the night before the Saturday tournament, and it was to be just, you know, two mats, four teams, that kind of thing. And he, all of a sudden he said, oh, no. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, I just remembered I don't have an announcer for tomorrow. Oh, but man. since you know about wrestling and you'll be there anyway, would you just sit at the microphone and welcome people and assign them to the two mats? And I said, well, I guess so. And that's how it started. But what helped me was that because I was a certified wrestling official and I had not planned to be an active official, I just wanted to prove to myself I had the knowledge. Okay. And when I sat down at the microphone, I just automatically started doing play-by-play and talking about what the referee signals were. Gotcha. And I guess 
there weren't many announcers doing that kind of thing. So other coaches began asking me to do their tournaments. And then a lot of people would say that I grew up in the right state, uh-huh. you know, for, for doing this in Iowa because um, about, oh gosh, probably three or four years after that first announcing, we hosted the first, for our, our school, first district Greco-Roman and Freestyle Championship. Okay. Excuse me, it was just freestyle then, junior freestyle. And a man named Bob Siddons, a coach from Waterloo West High School, who was Dan Gable's high school coach, was yeah. there. And he said, Sandy, we're hosting the first ever state tournament. Would you come and do that? So I did. And the coaches from the University of Iowa were there. They said, we're hosting the first ever, for what is now USA Wrestling, Junior National uh-huh. Freestyle Championships. Would you announce that? So that's how I got involved with USA Wrestling. Okay. Have you? Do you ever get, like, nervous? Or Well, probably not anymore, but at the time, like, I mean, that's like a big thing, big opportunities. The national championships, kind of crazy. Oh, don't say that I don't ever get nervous anymore because I do. And especially if I'm doing something for the first time. Right. um, You know, I I, I want to, my, my first responsibility is to the wrestlers and the coaches for them to get the information that they need, the expectations for them and so on. But my second responsibility is to the fans and I want to be sure I'm announcing the names correctly of the wrestlers because I'm a journalist and I can write an award-winning story about someone but if I've spelled that person's name wrong it's not worth a thing and so uh, there's a lot of preparation that goes into being ready for a tournament that a lot of people aren't aware of. Before I got on the plane today to come here for the tournament, for example, I was checking things like the Alaskan wrestlers who received the Good Sportsmanship Award last year, the placers in last year's state tournament, um, because a lot of them will still be in school. They'll be back. Right. And that's important for the fans to hear that kind of thing. Yeah. Because so, a lot of times when you're actually announcing, you'll say sometimes like, oh, this you know, this person is a two-time state champion or whatever. And right. People that are watching, right. you know, that maybe have kids that are freshmen and aren't, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't around or, or people that, yeah, weren't there or something like that or new to Alaska have no clue what they're watching. They just right. think that they're watching the two kids that were made to the finals. You know, um, and sometimes we've had other things like uh, he's one of three brothers in the tournament. Right. Yeah. You know, little things like that, or or an All American in the sure. Junior Nationals. That's exciting for people sure. to know. Yeah, we actually have a couple kids this weekend that uh, I've actually had on this podcast before that earned All American status just this past year. Uh, Jeremy Bacher uh, from Lathrop in Greco and in Conception uh, from South Anchorage in Freestyle, and they're both actually in the same weight class. Mm. So hopefully those two can meet in the finals and we'll have a good one there. Um, has So track wrestling has become this big thing out of the, out of, uh, the last few years in particular. Has that, does that affect your job at all um, when it comes to announcing? I mean, because 
you know, as far as like everybody's name being up on the walls and things like that for when they come up. But I, I guess that's really not you're not really announcing like every single person on every single match. Not anymore. Right. For many, many years in the Junior Nationals. And now they just put them on the... Yes. That's only been a few years. Yeah. But I used to announce every single match, (laughs) and they actually timed me one time, and I was doing 16 a minute. Jeez. How do you... uh, So... When you have a tournament like that in particular that lasts a couple of days and it's a lo- and they're long days, what do you do for like how do you you get breaks in there or yeah so how do you a handle lot that? of times there are no breaks I mean except for bathroom breaks you right know, but I always say that's the most important question a, uh, an announcer should ask is where's the closest closest, closest bathroom, bathroom. <laughs> right but um, you hope that you have a really good sound system because if you don't then you can lose your voice very readily or it can become scratchy and tired and in Fargo for example that's seven days of announcing and that can be as many as 13 hours a day yeah so do you ever need it um, do you ever get affected by that as far as like you know losing your voice like is there things that you do in particular for like preparation on like I don't know drinking a lot of water I pray a lot no No, I liquid is important and I learned a long time ago from an announcer who really mentored me we we announced together for 20 years and he said you know no pop no soda you know because that's going to affect your vocal cords which I wouldn't have known yeah I would never guess um I'm a Starbucks iced tea fan. I don't drink coffee, but if I can have Starbucks iced tea, green iced tea. I hope you get through it. Yeah, that's always (laughs) good, right? Uh, You talked a little bit about how you got into the, you know, being able to announce the nationals uh, and things like that. Um, with doing the research and seeing that you announced a couple Olympic games, is that kind of the same way that that, how did that come about? I mean, that's a pretty large thing. Much oh, bigger that, than was, national, that so. was such a joy. I, that was, that was really an epitome for me. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, because I had done so much work with USA Wrestling by then. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was 1984 and I had done the first junior nationals in 1971. Oh, okay. So, and the year before, 84, I did the World Junior Championships, which were really exciting also. So how do you get the, those opportunities, though? Is it the same thing where someone comes Through and asks USA you? USA Wrestling. Oh, okay, Through so it's kind of like, hey, we have this person that's fantastic right. that we're going to... Okay. Um, now, this is the part where I enjoy it, where I can just talk, because I can just cut all this audio out, because I kind of okay. lost my place okay, in, my, in my questions here. Sorry. Well, and I... And I probably get off the subject. Too. No, you actually you actually started talking about some things that I actually had questions for, so it actually saves me from having to ask you. Um, okay, hop back into the next question. Um, let's talk about girls wrestling. Girls wrestling has really taken off recently all over the nation, including here in Alaska. A lot of programs popping up all over the place for college uh, women's wrestling. And you've done so much as a woman in what was previously considered a male-dominant sport. I mean, 
I guess, can you just talk maybe a little bit about, you know, uh, what it's been like to see girls wrestling grow and what it is today, or, or maybe just your thoughts on, on all that? I'll be honest and say that I didn't like girls wrestling at the beginning because they weren't very good, <laughs> okay. uh, to be really honest about it. Um, but I am so proud of the young women and the senior women, senior level women who are wrestling now. They're good. Yeah. They're not just good. They're outstanding. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're, they're world champions yeah. and Olympic champions, you know. Um, I remember interviewing our head women's coach, uh, Coach Steiner, and he said, when he was first asked about taking over the women's program, and he thought, women's wrestling? And then he thought, well, if my daughter someday wanted to do that, who am I to say she couldn't have the same kinds of experience with this sport that males do? Right. You know, and so I see that now, and that is such a joy to see these young women experience the lessons that this sport gives them. And another thing I would say about it is that our national team is made up of outstanding young women. They are beautiful inside and out. They are terrific role models. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I'm so proud of them for being that kind of individual. And the other thing I think is that this is just, you know, the beginning, if that makes any sense. I know that this is that women's wrestling has, has been around for a long time, but I think that the level of competition seems to increase every year and we're seeing better and better wrestling and more and more girls coming out and it's just gonna, you know, keep everybody's gonna keep pushing to the next level. Well, it's exploding in the United States. In fact today when I was on the way here, I was looking at uh, Facebook and I believe it I want to say it was New Mexico is the latest state to add a state tournament oh, wow. for girls. Awesome. Uh, so there's something like 19 states now that wow. have a state tournament for girls. Uh, and I also remember that Terry Steiner saying, you know, it's martial arts. What's wrong? You might, you know, parents, he said, he said I would say to parents, you might send your girls to a uh, karate or something like that this is another martial art it really is as and as far as uh, it growing i mean even just with uh our team over at lathrop uh when i used to wrestle we had i want to say like maybe three girls in the program total the four years that i went to school there our team last year of girls has doubled in size in just mm-hmm. one year i mean it's nothing crazy mm-hmm. but i think we have maybe 12 or 14 girls, and last year we had like six or seven. So just in a year, already right. our team has, has grown a ton, which is just exciting for, for everybody, I feel like. Um, let's talk a little bit about why you're here in Alaska. Uh, you're here for the Lancer Smith Tournament. This is the biggest tournament that Alaska holds, and it grows every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean biggest tournament, including freestyle and Greco State and all that stuff that we have. Um do you know how long you've been announcing this tournament? I think this is the fifth year. Okay. Um, and how did that opportunity arise? Did someone reach out to you and say... Trent Ferris. Trent Ferris mm-hmm. reached Trent out Ferris and just... said, you know, 
we'd love to have you come to Alaska sometime. What would it take to get you here? And I said the same thing to him. I, I say to anybody else, and that is I ask for my transportation, my housing, and any fee that I'm ever paid is up to the people who to run the tournament. Who asked me to come up here, yes. And I, I, I don't get paid for this tournament. Okay. And I said, you know, I'm happy to stay with a family, a coach, whatever, and that's what I've done. Cool. That, you know, they've arranged for that. And, and uh, the, uh, the first time he offered you to come up here, was that your first time being in Alaska? Yes. Okay. It was. It was. How was that experience the first time just coming up oh, here? Oh, it was so gorgeous. Yeah. Just beautiful. I was intrigued. And within a couple of years, I had taken an Alaskan wildlife safari. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, in September, August and September of one year with uh, Natural Habitat Adventures, which is affiliated with the World Wildlife Fund. And that was just phenomenal. I bet, yeah. You picked a pretty good place, uh, part of Alaska, to come to at least. Have you ever been able to try to come up or thought about coming up during the summer where it's not maybe so nasty here? <laughs> no, I've never had the opportunity to do that, no. Um, summer sometimes is pretty busy with tournaments. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, yeah. I just ask because, I mean, this tournament seems kind of happen around like what I call like the nasty time. We're in the transition of kind of fall into winter. And, um, but it's warmer here today than it is, is it? In Illinois. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm from Fairbanks, and it's uh, it's like 30 degrees warmer here than it is back Ooh, there. Okay. So it was nice for me to come down here and get away from the snow and the cold. So I appreciate being away from that for a little bit. Um, so, sorry. Oh, okay. Now we're going to go into some kind of just random questions for you and then wrap up if that's okay. Okay, sure. Um, as someone who has been around the sport for so long and have seen so many wrestlers come and go and, and so many achieve success, is there any advice or anything that you would tell someone who's trying to be successful in the sport that you have seen translate maybe from athlete to athlete? Um, like, I mean, you've seen so many greats come and go. I, I don't know if there's any there, necessarily. There are two things that come to mind when you, when you ask me that question. First of all, I want to be sure that people recognize that wrestling is what I consider the most inclusive sport there is. Not just sure. male and female, not just different weights, different sizes, different body makeup, but I've announced wrestlers who are deaf, who are blind, who are missing a limb. I literally have announced wrestlers who have no complete limbs and, you know, Young men who have had um, cerebral palsy, for example, but they're sure. out there trying. So that's something we don't celebrate enough I, or publicize I, enough about our sport. Secondly, the life lessons from that you learn in wrestling are not equaled by any other sport. I'm on the board, the executive board of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and our national and the state chapters have an award that we give and it is the Outstanding American Award and it's given to someone who has wrestled some time in his life. So far it's just been his, but I think eventually we'll have her life also. Sure but has used the lessons of wrestling 
to find success in other areas. We have had three astronauts. We've had a jockey. We've had actors. We've had authors like John Irving. Thirteen U.S. presidents wrestled. Yeah. You know, um, and I could go on and on about that, but sure. you don't have to be a champion to take home the wealth, not just of knowledge, but the, the wealth of understanding about yourself. And that's, that's unparalleled. I, uh, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, that's, actually, that's a fantastic answer. That's, that's why I still coach and have refed and feel the need to give back to wrestling what I feel like I've gotten from it mm-hmm. and the life lessons and just the things that I've learned about myself and about life in general to be able to give back to some of these you know, young men and women and help in what way I can you know, for me. If I could just give you one more comment yeah, on that. Yeah, please do. Um, my husband died after a four-year battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And at one point, after a year or so, he was given one month to live. And he was in extremely critical condition. And he not only survived, he thrived until a bacterial infection was what ended up killing him. But he said to somebody the first time, I wouldn't be alive today if I hadn't been a wrestler. And the first time he said that, I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, I never went in to a match expecting to lose. And that's the mindset yeah. of wrestling, you know. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's fantastic. That is a really good quote. Um, now to maybe go to something a little less serious. Yes. Um, <laughs> Do you have a favorite wrestler that you watch from start to finish that you can think of, or maybe a couple, you know, in their career from when they're, you know, youngsters? Because I mean, you've seen a lot, a lot of people come and go. I didn't do a lot of kids tournaments, primarily because at one of them I did. The parents upset me so much. Oh. I went home and said I'm never, never going to do another one, which I have, but. I, I did other ones then with the approval from the tournament director to say, parents, please understand it's not your ego out on the mat. And people would clap because you know how some parents oh, are. Yeah. But I was, I've been able to watch freshmen or eighth graders even um, who are now at Fargo or who were at Fargo go on up through high school, college, world level, you know, Olympic level, and one of those examples is Cale Sanderson and his brothers. Yeah. You know, they were all wrestling all the time. And so I, you know, watched him, and one of my biggest thrills was announcing his final match of his four years undefeated and then announcing him on the podium. Yeah, he's. Uh, we actually had some of the coaches talk recently about uh, who we were, who we considered the greatest of all time was. And uh, out of the five coaches that were sitting there talking, three of us 
have Kayla Sanderson down as our greatest of all time. And, uh, yeah, just a thrill to watch. Even now what he's doing for the program over at Penn State is just incredible. Um, well, okay, you kind of you touched on it there. I was going to ask if you had a specific highlight from announcing or a favorite moment or tournament. Is there, or is there a favorite tournament then maybe since you already kind of – the Kale Sanderson thing was one of your favorite moments? Is this there... is going to sound flippant, but it's usually whatever tournament I'm doing. Okay. I, Fargo is exhausting, but I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, I loved the NCAA Division ones when I was doing it. I love doing – the Arkansas State High School Championships, which I've done ever since the state tournament started there, which is now about 12 years. I love doing the Georgia State High School Championships. I've learned to say, clear the mats, y'all. <laughs> That's a joke. I really, I really don't say that. <laughs> um, but I, it's a joy. I, I love it. I, I love wrestling people. It's the wrestling family. Sure. That's what it is. It's people you... You've met before, and you become reacquainted, um, and new members of the wrestling family, or you'll meet somebody's girlfriend and become somebody's wife, and then there are kids. And Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, all right, we're going to finish with this. What is your biggest pet peeve as an announcer when you are announcing? Because I know sometimes you get on people here for when they stand in front of the you know, the scores table, because people can't see, or, or uh, excuse me, not the scores table, the uh, announce table. Do you do you have certain things that really, like, get to you when you're announcing that you're just, like, you know, drive you nuts? Is that one of them? <laughs> I think of two things. Um, the first one's going to sound relatively minor, maybe, but... I usually try to ask if you have a name that is easily or often mispronounced, please have the courtesy to come to the head table and give me the correct pronunciation. I want to say your name correctly. And then to have somebody wait until he or she is in the finals and say, (laughs) oh, you've been mispronouncing my name the whole time. Or a parent will come and say, you haven't been pronouncing my kid's name right, you know, when I've asked. So that's that's frustrating. No, I'm sure. Yeah, that's frustrating. And um, it's difficult because kids want to see their, they want to see their teammates or they want to know what's going on. But at Fargo, for example, um, or here at this tournament, you know, you're supposed to stay away from the mats. And it's the people who think of themselves as exceptions. Right. And at Fargo, I call that my Judge Judy voice. Okay. You know, when it's, I'm not talking like this, like, do not climb over the railings. And they go, oh, that's who you are. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> Perfect answers. And I actually do have one more question okay. for you. Do you plan on stopping anytime soon, the announcing thing? I'm not asking you for, like, you know, are you going to retire anytime soon, but, like, do you see you just doing this until, I mean. Other people have asked me that for a long time, and I've said. I mean, because you, you clearly, by talking, you still have a love for it. It's oh, not, I do. Right, so. As long as I continue to enjoy it, as long as people think I'm 
doing a good job. Now, I have a real goal so far as Fargo is concerned. This next summer will be the 50th Junior National Freestyle Championship. I missed number 30 when my husband was so ill. Okay. So I want to hit 50 hit of 50. my own, which was two more, you know, of gotcha. those. But, um, and I also do a number of local things, you know, in the Chicago area, some collegiate tournaments and high school tournaments there too. But Yeah. So as long as you have the love for it and people think you're doing a good job, right. you're going to keep, right. keep going? Okay. Perfect. Well, that's really all I had. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to me. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. <laughs> thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of the Alaskan Grappler podcast. I would like to thank Sandy Stevens again for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. And I hope to keep seeing her come up to announce a Lancer Smith in the future. I'd like to thank Trent Ferris again for reaching out to me to interview Sandy and setting everything up. I truly appreciate everything he did in that regard, as well as the time and effort he puts into the Lancer Smith tournament every year. With that being said... Stay on the lookout for the next Alaskan Grappler podcast.